What's up, Penguins fans? What a night on Monday night, a 4-3 win for your Pittsburgh Penguins in a game that had a whole lot of ugly. It was, there was a lot there to dissect. 4-3 win, the Penguins get back on the winning track and actually get some help. A courtesy of Washington Capitals, they come back to defeat the Islanders 4-3. And with that, the Penguins now um, are tied for that final playoff spot. Um, in the standings wise, but we are going to fully recap uh, today's for today's episode. We're going to fully recap this wild one as the Penguins defeat the Ducks, go into the struggles. Jake Gensel and Brian Russ saving Ron Hextall's jump potentially for now. Casey Dismiss performance. Why some decisions from Mike Zellman kind of baffled me. The power play, all of that, plus so much more. Right after this, you're locked on Penguins. Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Penguins fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm, of course, your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LR Store Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. We're recording this about 10.30 p.m. on Monday night. Going to have this posted for you all on Tuesday, so you can have it for your morning commute back to work after MLK Day. You can listen to it whenever uh, for your day on Tuesday. But a massive come-from-behind win, and I can't believe I just said that, a come-from-behind win against the Anaheim freaking Ducks, a team that was 12-27-3 and coming into this game. A game that the Penguins looked to have under control a little bit in the third period before the game was tied. And then they go down by one with less than five minutes to go. And at that point, you're thinking, oh, crap, this is going to be the worst loss of the season. Brian Russ and Jake Gensel said, nope, that's not going to happen. And they probably just saved the GM's job for, I don't know, maybe probably until the end of the season. Um, I, I had like a sneaking suspicion in my head that if they had lost this game, I think the ownership group might have just pulled the plug on the GM. I don't know. I, I probably would have been wrong on that. But I just going into this, I said, you cannot lose this game. You are playing a team that is openly tanking. The Ducks are bad. They have a plan. You know, sure, they wanted to be better going into this year. That has not worked. But they have embraced the tank. They are going for Connor Bedard. And when you go up against a team like that, you are expected to win and win comfortably. It was anything but that, <coughs> excuse me, for the Penguins in this game. The Ducks gave them everything they could handle. It almost looked like the Ducks tanked the game in overtime when Trevor Zegers comes in all alone on a breakaway and decides for some reason to pass to the other side of the ring because I guess he thought Cam Fowler was coming down the other side, was not there. Um, Sid and Jake say, thank you very much. We'll take that puck. Sid gets it to Jake and Jake finishes it off to get the Penguins a much needed two points. But, you know, I still said going into this, you have to win this game no matter what because you lose this game, I'll say this in any sport. This is the kind of game that gets people fired. Get people fired, you lose jobs, all that stuff. Um, I don't know if, if it would have happened. Again, I, I probably would have been wrong. But in the back of my head, I'm saying, you know, you got to win this game. This is the kind of loss that, you know, heads heads were rolling. The fan base is already pretty fired up. Uh, I, I don't think, I think that Twitter probably would have been DEFCON 3. Maybe even worse, to be honest. I think because I think it, it reverses, right? I, I, you know, I think I, I think so. You know, I got to do my research on that. Um, it would it probably would have been DefCon two, DefCon three, something like that. It, it would have been really bad. Um, <clears throat> but the Penguins, 
that did not happen. They're able to get the win. The turning point, you know, the biggest thing, late in that third period, the Penguins get their second six-on-five goal of the season, courtesy of Brian Russ, someone who had really been fighting it in this game. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, just he was just getting chance after chance, was not burying them. Um, one of them especially, remember in the third period, um, it's a two-to-one game, and g- a great job by Gensel to bank the puck off of Gibson's skate, and it goes right out to the front, uh, goes to Rustic, has a yawning cage. Nope, great play by uh, Maxime Comtois to get his stick in the way and to deflect that into the netting. If he does not do that and that stick is not there, that is a 3-1 game. And honestly, Inns, this game probably does not go to overtime. I think that was a big play for the Ducks to have them close to a win. But, you know, Brian Russ was able to, you know, redeem himself, get that goal with less than 30 seconds to play in the third period. And then after they probably should have lost in overtime because I don't know what the heck Trevor Zegers was doing, Gensel was able to get his first goal since the, uh, to be scored in Arizona. Really nice release there from Jake. Um, Gibson had no chance on that. I will say, shout out to John Gibson. He had been really bad coming into this game. He put on a show in his hometown. that He was the main reason. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> if the Ducks had gone on to win this game, he would have been the number one star. He was ridiculous. I'm going to get to some of the stats in just a second, but he was awesome. But on that Gensel one, no chance. He, he he went low. I think he thought Jake was going to go five hole or just low blocker side, but no. Gensel roofed that top cheese. No chance for Gibson and everyone goes home happy instead of just, you know, saying, oh, well, fire this guy, fire this guy. But, you know, that's probably going to resume uh, in the next game on Wednesday when they play the Ottawa Sanders. But, you know, an, you know another big reason why this win is, is so big outside of the turning point, just, you know, look at the schedule this week. You play a Ducks team that's tanking. The Senators have been really bad. This Well, let me rephrase that. They haven't been really bad as they have been in years past, but this is still not a good hockey team. Yeah, do they have a good top six? Sure. Do they have um, a good top pairing? Yeah, but their forward, their forward depth is pretty weak. The rest of their defense is thin, and their goalie tended, their goaltending is, you know, it's, it's been up and down. So, you know, and I'll preview that um, game against Ottawa for my Wednesday episode for you all. But, you know, this is, this is you know, the Penguins had to start off this week with a win because they have that home and home against centers. You have to secure points and start moving on up in the standings. The race, it is, how do I want to say this? It's not as bad as it was last year. You're starting to see some teams fall off like the Buffalo Sabres who they've lost a few games in a row. Um, <clears throat> the Red Wings got blown out today, I believe, by, by the uh, Colorado Avalanche. So the Penguins need to start separating themselves from these other teams who are outside of the playoff spot right now. The Islanders, they lost tonight. That was a big help for the Penguins. But, you know, the schedule is going to ease up here. They, I actually, I heard from Steve Mears tonight, and that probably adds up. They've had one of the toughest schedules in the league through the first 41 games. But it is going to ease up the rest of this month. They have a lot of very, very winnable games. Outside of the two against um, <clears throat> the Senators later this week, <coughs> excuse me, um, apologies on that. They have the Devils, which will be tough. They have the Panthers after that. And then Washington, San Jose, um, apologies again. I don't know. It's been two weeks and this cold, this cough is just continuing to stay with me. Anyways, apologies about that, you know, but you have more winnable games than not. Um, as we go through the rest of this month, or yeah, will there be the games will be tough against Washington? Yes, because the Capitals are resurging right now. Um, the Devils, they're playing good hockey. 
Outside of that, I think the Penguins have a lot of very winnable games for the rest of this month. They had to start off the second half of this month with a win. They did exactly that tonight. I feel just kind of relieved for you all um, as I cover this team because, you know, if I were you all, I probably wouldn't be happy about this win. Penguins, sure, they played fine, and the natural stat trick is going to show that once I get to the stats in the, in the second segment here, but it should not be that close against the Ducks. Come on. I mean, that's just – it's not good enough. You know, there are a lot of the same mistakes I saw tonight. Power play was really bad. They gave up two power play goals to the Ducks, who have the worst power play in the league. Um, some same some glaring defensive issues, but I think that's going to be fixed when some players come back. You know, there's still a lot about this team that needs, you know, to be fixed. And, you know, one win, sure, that helps. But, you know, there's still a long way to go, to say the least. So, good win. Glad they got it. But, no, definitely not feeling confident after that one, that's for sure. Coming up in the second segment, we're going to get into the underlying numbers um, for this game, um, how John Gibson was really able to keep the Ducks in it because it potentially could have been um, a little more lopsided had the Penguins you know, been actually able to capitalize on the chances, even though they gave some back the other way. And we'll continue to get to the power play struggles soon as well. But before we get to that, BetOnline is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From pro football to college bowl season to basketball, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. You can head to the website today or use your phone to learn more. That is BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, I'm back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at Eleanor Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. Man, this Hextall tweet that I had is just, I, a lot of people just replied to it. I don't really, I'm, I'm, I, I was literally, when I was finishing reading the ad, I go down to this, 41 responses, 246 likes to this. And, you know, I, I just, it was the one where I said, Brian Rust and Jake may have just saved the jobs. And, you know, I don't know that for a fact. I mean, I'm just kind of speculating, spitballing, you know, again, probably not. But, you know, in the back of my mind, I've I've seen ownership groups fire GMs for way less. So you never know. This is a loss that probably would not have said well with them. Anyways, other parts about this game. You go to natural stat trick, and even though this game was, you know, pretty close and the Penguins almost lost it, they honestly, guys, (coughs) excuse me, they probably deserve to win this game by a hefty margin despite their defensive issues, despite the power play being bad, and despite the PK giving up two goals against. Case in point right here. In the third period, the the Penguins had 80% of the shot attempts at 5v5. They also had 77% of the scoring chances, and they held the Ducks to one high danger chance against. But of course, the Ducks somehow scored two goals in that third period, despite, despite only having one high danger chance against. Oh, and it gets even better here. It gets even better. There are expected goals for in that um, in that third period, 0.31. They scored two goals on 0.31 expected goals for. You know, you can call that bad goaltending, but I think it was also just the Penguins playing really sloppy defensively um, and some weird decisions from Mike Sullivan. For example, why is Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin out at the end of a four-on-four when the Ducks are about to get a power play? You know, I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, Sid and Gino are fantastic. You know, they can play in most situations. But when you're at the tail end of a four-on-four and you know you're about to be shorthanded, 
why do you have your best players out there again? I just, you know, you you, you want to go with your penalty killers who you know can get the job done. And, you know, poor POJ, he got absolutely washed at the, at the blue line. I believe that was by Trevor Zegers. Um, He's not going to like watching that back on the, uh, on the, on the videotape for sure. Uh, he got absolutely dangled out of his, out of the skates. And then John Klingberg, who was probably going to get traded by the deadline, fired a nice shot to tie the game, but still don't really know what the heck um, Crosby and Malkin are doing out there for that. And then the third goal, um, just piss poor defense. Um, you're about to get the puck out and then the ducks get the puck towards the side of the net. You know, I, I forget who it was that went down. It might've been Chad Ruedel, um, but I don't know why he even went down there. The back door was completely covered. He should have just went out and played his man. Um, he, um, the Ducks players able to get it to Trevor Zegers. Easy goal for him. I mean, you can probably harp on DeSmith for that a little bit. You know, I personally think the first goal he probably should have had. But, <clears throat> you know, when you watch that back, it's just piss poor defending. You know, you, you can't, can't be giving up two goals against when the Ducks have 0.31 expected goals for in a third period. It's just, that's not good enough. Overall, five on five wise the Penguins for this game. They had 64% of the shot attempts at even strength. They also had 64% of the scoring chances and 69% of the high danger chances and 66% of the expected goals. They actually generated about four expected goals and they only had 1.93 expected goals against in this game. Again, this should have if if John Gibson played the way he probably well, how do I want to say this? If John Gibson played the way he has for most of the season this game, we are probably not having most of the conversations we are having right now. But, you know, he turned in a very good performance. I mean, the Penguins basically outshot the Ducks, the Ducks, the Ducks two to one. They out attempted them two to one. They out chanced them two to one. And high danger chances, same thing. You know, they did outplay them. It's just they had some of the same issues came up. They didn't get as better as good of goaltending. And John Gibson was a difference maker. You know, he was making some 10 bell saves. That that was the John Gibson that, you know, took over the league by storm just a few years ago when he was, I think, one of the five best goaltenders in the league, to be honest. Um, and <clears throat> you know, he's been humbled by his hometown team uh multiple times in his career, especially when the Ducks were still a competitive team in the Ryan Getzloff and Corey Perry era. Ryan Kessler was there. Um, at times as well. And that's when Hampus Lindholm was there. Bruce Boudreau was the coach. You know, they, they, Randy Carlisle, that was a good contending team for a long time. But as this team has gotten worse, he's gotten worse and he just hasn't been able to find his game back. But for this one, um, he found it um, in a big way. Um, but just want to get into the stats and show that, you know, honestly, when you look at it, even though the Penguins didn't play that well in spurts, they still did enough to win. And, you know, the, the numbers showed that. Um, as for individual things that I noticed that I did not like, um, the power play, oh, I just, I facepalm. I facepalm probably about 500 times watching that unit. How are you going to get a five on three for a buck 40? Jake Gensel, great player. I don't really have much to bad to say about him. How is he fighting for his life in his own entry on a five on three? Please explain that to me like I'm five. I would, someone comment about that, please. Someone, I, I must be stupid. It is so bad. And they take a penalty right after that. And it's just like everything about this unit is awful. The coaching, it's, it's not there. I don't know if they're just not listening to Tar Reader and Mike Sullivan for that unit. But um, <clears throat> that needs to change in a big hurry. And the execution on it is so bad. 
I mean, just <clears throat> I've lost count of the amount of times I see them overpass, you know, over here and then over there and then back to the point and then back to the left and then back to the right. Someone just needs to rip the puck on it. I am not a shoot it guy. I am the furthest thing from yelling that at an arena, but at some point, please get that to work. I understand, please, you know, just fire more pucks and get more traffic in front of the net. It looked good in spurts. There were some decent chances, but a lot of other times the same issues continue to persist. I just think they're overthinking it right now. And I think as Angie said, a thing that's right, if I can get her, I'm going to um, just shout her out here on my show. If I can just get the at right. Um, oh, I don't know why that's not working. Do, 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 do. If I can find this here, I'm going to keep talking, of course. But, you know, as as she said, here, here's her ad, of course, you know, at A-C-A-R-D-U-C-C-I. Um, she's a Penguins NHL reporter. Um, she she does she does great work. Please follow her on that on Penguins Twitter if you have a Twitter. Um, you know, she, she made a great point saying, like, you know, is it really this hard? Like, should it be this hard? And it's like, no, it should not be. Like, you have all the talent in the world. And I understand that Chris Letang is missing from the lineup. I get it. I get it. But when you have surefire Hall of Famers on there outside of Letang, your power play should not be this bad. Um, it had chance after chance to put the game away, especially on that five on three um, <clears throat> when the Penguins were actually up two to one. And they just decided not to do it uh, for some reason. I, I, I don't know why. Um, so, and then the penalty killing unit, rare off night for them. Giving up two goals to the, the Ducks p- power play is just putrid. Um, I'm sure they'll correct that. But, you know, that's just, that, that's that's silly stuff. You know, you, you can't be losing a special teams battle to a team that, legitimately has the worst power play in the league and then one of the worst one of the bottom five worst penalty kills in the league that, that's just that's not acceptable to me i know they got the win i am sorry for being very negative after a win it's just there was so much about this game that i did not like about the penguins and i am going to get a little more positive in the final segment when i bring up jason zucker's goal and a couple other things but you know there's just still a lot of problems with this team right now that need to be corrected and i'm not sure how many are going to be corrected just because the injured guys are coming back? So that wraps up this segment of the show. Coming up in the final segment, we're going to get into Jason Zucker and how he continues to honestly just put this team on his back. We're going to get into Casey DeSmith's performance overall. Um, and then also just a couple other things I did glean from this game. But before I get to that, um, have you all heard about Athletic Greens? I use this every day. You know, I started taking it because, you know, I still, I want more energy in the morning. I just haven't been getting, you know, that good of sleep lately, to be honest. Um, I, I want to um, start getting back to the way I used to sleep. And, you know, I, when I wake up, I feel very tired. But when I take this, you know, I'm able to wake up pretty quickly, especially, you know, when I also have a cup of coffee with it. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of athletic beans, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, and probiotics to help you start your day right. The special band of ingredients support your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy recovery, focus, and aging, all of those things. It's lifestyle-friendly, whether you eat keto, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and cheaper than your cold brew habit, and it has over 7,000 five-star reviews. Right now, it is time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day, and that's it. There's no need for a, different, a million different pills and supplements to look out for your 
health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, I'm back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at Eleanor Show Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. So let's get a little more positive for you all. Again, I apologize if I've been a little too negative in this one after a win. Okay, I just saw a lot of things that just are not getting better. But that said, Jason Zucker, another marvelous game from him. He has been dynamite this season continues to make a strong case. And I mean a very strong case to be re-signed after the season. I know a lot of people were saying like, oh yeah, you free up that 5.5 million cap that he walks. He's not, he's not going to stay healthy. Oh, he's been healthy for most of the season so far. And he has delivered. This is the player that everyone was expecting to see when they made the trade just a few years ago for Kalen Addison for that first round pick for, you know, and all that stuff. He has been dynamite, a really nice wraparound goal to get things started for the Penguins in this game. We have one-nothing just a few minutes into it. You know, he is the he is that perfect clue guy in the top six that just, you know, he fires up the team. You know, he is, you know, and Mike Sullivan has talked about that a lot these last couple of weeks. The media, either before games or after games, you know, that you know, players feed off that. They love when he's just really into it. You know, he works his tail off every single shift. He goes to the front of the net, pays the price. You know, everything about his game right now is so freaking good. Honestly, he is probably their best winger right now is, in my opinion. Um, I know Jake scored tonight, first goal, first goal, I think, for him in about eight days. Brian Russ finally got one off the schnot. I finally got one off. Yeah, finally got one off the schnot, excuse me. Ricard Raquel, he's playing all right. But in terms of productive wingers right now, there is not one better over the last couple of weeks then Jason Zucker, he has been fan-freaking-tastic. Loved the effort that he gave all game tonight. I, I, I hope that this continues this season. Actually, I know that this is going to continue for the rest of the season. He has been dynamite and really wanted to shout him out for a great effort all game. Uh, Jonathan Gruden made his debut. He was called up on Sunday. You know, If I had to guess, Rod Hextall was probably out in Wilkesbury watching the team and seeing who could come up and stuff. You know, I'm sure JD Forrest recommended it. Gruden hit, I think, I believe hit a post on his second shift tonight. He came close to his first NHL goal. I thought he was fine, looked fine, good defensively, you know, was pretty fast all over the ice. Didn't really notice him outside, you know, of that, I guess. It was, it was just a fine debut, you know. It's nothing to really write home about. But what I really liked is that Mike Sullivan was using him in a late game situation. He was earning his ice time, and Sullivan was not afraid to use him when the Penguins were defending that lead in the third period. Yeah, when you go down, do you shorten your bench? Sure, and that's totally fine. I don't mind that because he really wasn't, you know, outside of that shift where he hit the post, wasn't really showing that much of an offensive pulse. You know, but again, was fine defensively and was fine overall. But, you know, I still like that he was using him well into the third period when the Penguins were trying to defend that lead. That shows to me that Sullivan is willing to actually give this young guy a chance. I I would have I would I would have to expect that he'll go again on Wednesday. Um, even if Ryan Paling um and Josh Archibald were still not able to, able to play. Paling actually joined the team at the morning skate on Monday. Uh, Archibald is skating on his own. They're both they're probably both getting close. Dan Heinen's been a healthy scratch. 
But again, <clears throat> really light. I mean, I did like what I saw from Gooden, even though it wasn't too much to write home about. But you know, he was there, and he he wasn't affecting the team in a negative way. And you know, that's really all you can ask for from a player who's making his NHL debut. Um, you know, after playing in Wilkesbury all season, so really liked that. Um, Casey DeSmith, um, he made some dazzling saves, especially late in the second period. He had a buzzer beater save. I believe that was on Mason McTavish when the Ducks were on the power play. Trevor Zegers thought he scored. He literally put his arms up like this for those that are watching on YouTube and then put his hands on his head and smiled at DeSmith, basically saying, like, there is no way you just saved that. But, you know, sure enough, he did really nice save by DeSmith there. Did not like the first goal. I thought he was just well out of his net there. Probably could have done a bit better. The other two... You know, again, I probably blame more so on the Penguins defensive. Um, I, I, again, I, pro- I probably blame those two more on the Penguins defensive structure there. It was, it was just not there. Um, and again, the deployment from Mike Sullivan, I also think was, you know, not the greatest, um, to say the least. Um, I think I've really hit on everything I've wanted to hit on. You know, great, great goal by Evgeny Malkin. The second line was uh, through the roof tonight. They were their be- They were the best line on the ice. It was not even close. That's I believe that's backed up here um, by natural stature. You know, it, it is. When that line was on the ice, the Penguins had 77% of the shot attempts. They also had, um, get this here, 68% of the expected goals and 75% of the high danger chances. They had 11 high danger chances for and one high danger chance against. That line was insane. Just a beautiful performance. I know you're playing the Ducks, but, you know, that Zilker, Malkin, Raquel line, just all this performance, they're not going to break that up anytime soon. I know a lot of people want Raquel back up with Crosby. You know, I'm I'm up there as well with it because I think Raquel works better with Sid. But with how that line played tonight, I think they're going to keep that one going for the next little bit. They were, that was just a great performance by them and really nice heads up play by Malkin to get that goal um, to make it two to one. And Gibson was about a millisecond away from covering that puck to deny the chance, but Malkin was able to poke it just enough into the net. And that was a really nice goal to cap off a great shift for the Penguins. Um, they were just throwing everything to the net on Gibson. They were able to get that goal um, there. Otherwise, I don't think there's really too much um, else to write home about this one. They got the job done. Thankfully, you know, it saved, I think, everyone from going to, again, DEFCON 2, DEFCON 3 on social media. But there's still a lot of things to fix. Power play's got to be better. Jeff Carter, he, I don't think he was good tonight. He's got to start making mistakes, even though he's on wing. Um, the penalty kill has to be better. I think the deployment from Mike Sullivan has to be better. Still a lot of things to get right. But again, they got the win. That's all that matters. We'll see if they can continue it on Wednesday against the Ottawa Senators. They go up to Ottawa, and they come home to play the Senators on Friday. Um, my next episode, I will fully preview the game for Wednesday's episode for you all getting into some practice notes as well. And then uh, Thursday will be a recap episode where the game and then a look ahead to Friday's game. And then on Friday, I will fully recap the game for you all right after it is over. So again, thank you all so much for listening. Really, really appreciate this one. Again, if I missed anything, let me know. I do want to add though, I liked the Dumoulin-Smith pairing tonight. I thought they looked pretty solid together. Um, that was a decent game, I would say from doing it, at least for his stand. Because I thought Smith tonight as well was also pretty good. You know, they may have something cooking there. Once Petrie and Latang come back, could we see a Dumoulin Smith third pairing? That's There's potential for that, but we'll have to see. The, the defense is very 
long chain right now. Pedersen, Latang, you know, Joseph Petrie, you know, Tumlin Smith, you know, there's, there's not, they have options. I'll say that. I, I don't know what they're going to do, but they definitely have options. You can take Dumoulin out, you know, stick someone else in there. Of course, Mark Friedman, Chad Riedel, Jan Ruda, of course, you know, he's banged up right now. Sullivan said he had a lower body injury. We'll have to see how severe that is. Thought he had the, the plague because that's been going on the Penguins lately, but no, it was an injury. Sully said that he is day-to-day right now. But again, um, thank you all so much for listening. Really appreciate it. Again, I'll be back with another episode for you all on Wednesday where we will talk about a full preview for the game against the Senators as that will be the first of three meetings against the Senators this year and the first time the Penguins will play Claude Giroux um, now that he's a Senator and not a Flyer. So again, thank you all so much for listening. Talk to you all on Wednesday.